Israel has launched its ground incursion into Gaza. Several countries have said if Israel does go in on the ground, they will respond in defense of Hamas. And J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon told reporters, this may be the most dangerous time the world has seen in decades. Does the Israel-Hamas war affect you? All this and more today on The End Time Show. Welcome to The End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Doug, I'm sure you've heard by now the Starbucks Workers Union has voiced their solidarity with Palestine. I have heard that. What do you think of that? Well, you know what I think about that, Vince. You know what I think about Starbucks <laughs> in general. So, Well, you know who's not going to do that anytime soon? Tell me. Our very own First Cup Coffee. All right. They're not woke. They're not going to lobby to defund our military. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, be sure to use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Though, Doug, we're very excited to have a special guest with us today. We're going to be talking a little bit in detail about uh, how this Israel-Hamas war might impact you. You know, it's continuing to play out. The Ukraine-Russia war is still happening. You may not be hearing about it, but it is still happening. And both of these have ties back to China and resurfaces of our contentious relationship with that country are coming up. So many people are concerned about what to do with their future uh, from family to finances. So a few days ago, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon told reporters this may be the most dangerous time the world has seen in decades, and today we're happy to have Philip Patrick from Birch Gold joining us to help sort some of this out. Philip, welcome to the End Time Show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm, I'm happy to be on. Well, we're, we're very happy to have you. What do you think about uh, J.P. Morgan, Jamie, uh, CEO Jamie Dimon, and what he said? What exactly has him concerned? Look, I mean, the statement certainly got my attention. Diamond isn't someone who has a reputation for overstatement or exaggeration. And he essentially clarified on, on his October earnings call. He said, look, we're facing, and this is a direct quote, we're facing so many uncertainties out there. We just have to be very, very cautious. And he mentioned two factors specifically. He talked about the inflation, which is on the rise again and moving out of control. And of course, government debt levels, which are doing the same thing. Now, we have to ask ourselves why, right? Why is one of the world's most powerful CEOs saying such ominous things in public? It doesn't bode well for most of what the bank deal with, uh, deals with. And, and Diamond knows the gravity of the words, but I think he's correct to point out that both inflation and government debt levels are tremendous risks at the moment. And in many ways, the two are inextricably linked. You put that into the context of what's happening geopolitically, as you said, uh, in Israel, over in Ukraine, it just compounds the problem. So it's a tough situation from the geopolitics to the economics. It's tough all around at the moment. Well, there's a lot to, to understand in all that, Philip. And uh, so to take this one step at a time, one of the concerns is inflation. So what's the latest on that? It's not looking great. Uh, the good news is price gains have slowed uh, from the 40-year highs that we saw earlier in the year. The bad news is that uh, prices are now spiking again. In September, prices rose 3.7% year over year, same as in August. So 
uh, core CPI, which is everything outside of food and energy, rose 4.1%. So I think the Federal Reserve can claim some progress in the inflation fight definitely not victory. And I think in the months ahead, as we talked about the geopolitical system uh, uh, situation in the Middle East and elsewhere is likely going to contribute to higher prices and start fueling that inflation uh, again with the federal government's addiction now to deficit spending, which is getting worse and worse, I think it only compounds the problem. So inflation on the rise again, and I think things are, are on the horizon to make it worse. So he named inflation and government debt. Uh, out of those two, uh, which is the bigger problem? Is it debt? Yeah, look, I, I would think it, it, it's probably debt. And I say that mainly because markets and households, they can eventually adapt to inflation, particularly if wages keep up, which they're not at the moment. But they can't do anything about government spending. And there's two main problems with the current national debt. Number one, excessive government spending just like consumer spending, it pushes prices up and it just makes life harder for everyone else. Worse than that, though, is about a third of all government spending this year, $2 trillion, is still borrowed money. So the debt is increasing. Now it stands at $33.5 trillion, but that's still not enough, right? The government are now taking on more debt to spend more money, and they love to pretend that it's free to do this, but the reality it isn't. And that's one of the reasons why government borrowing has gone up so much this year. The interest payments, and this is a really interesting t- statistics, uh, the interest payments rose 33% from last year. Mm. Right now, just the interest on our debt is equivalent as the national defense budget. It's $736 billion a year. It's absolutely mind-blowing. So the problem is, is that the debt The interest on the debt is just compounding the problem, and that's why I think it's the biggest issue we have on our horizon. It's it's hard to wrap my mind around those numbers, Um, and probably it would be hard for me to wrap my mind around what Jamie Dimon's doing with his own money, Uh, but what do you think about that? What's he doing with his money? Look, it's tough to say. I'm sure the guy's diversified. He's got $1.8 billion, Uh, so he's probably got a bit of everything, but look, one thing's for sure, he almost certainly has commodities as part of the portfolio, which is which is a good sort of bridge, if you will. Precious metals today, I think, become very, very important. And the reason that they do, number one, they're safe haven assets, right? So in tough times, when there's geopolitical uncertainty, they always do well. However, today, we have very specific problems, right? We have recession either here or on the horizon, depending on who you're speaking to. At the same time, we have inflation burning at 30-year highs, and we have a world running away from the dollar. Well, these problems in isolation, they're all big issues. However, they're all very positive drivers for safe haven assets like gold and silver, right? When we see recession, demand for safe haven assets goes up, Gold and silver tend to go up. They doubled in 18 months after the 08 crash. Same thing, guys, with inflation, right? When things get more expensive, commodities move with it. Then you have this dollar devaluation. Well, that's where gold comes in. When the dollar goes down, gold goes up. That's why central governments around the world for the last two years have bought more gold than any other years in history because there's a flight from the dollar. So 
as tough as the climate is, it's a very, very good climate for gold and silver. And I would suspect Jamie Dimon has a significant amount of both in his portfolio. Philip, a lot of people who watch our show, they're, you know, we talk about this thing called the Great Tribulation that's coming. And through that, you know, they're asking us when we talk about Birch Gold, they're asking us, what good is precious metals going to do me uh, during such trying times where, you know, it seems like a trade would be something to get into or, um, you know, being able to guard and things like that. Uh, they wanted to know how in the world they could use gold during a time when, uh, you know, it might be a post-World War situation. You know, we talk about a, a Bible prophecy that says a third of mankind will be killed. So that's going to be a time that I don't know that any of us could grasp, but how is gold and precious metals like that used during times like that? It's, it's a very good question. And, and you know, everything we're seeing on the global stage today reminds us of what what the scriptures teach us so it it, it feels prophetic this time for sure but look gold and silver are god's money they always have been and, and the beauty with gold specifically is it's designed to hold buying power so when we talk about trade i don't know if we're going to move to a point where we're trading goods and services currency is a good medium of exchange but the problem with currency particularly in climates like this is that it's losing value. Well, the idea with gold is it doesn't do that. Gold has, from biblical times until today, always held, it, held its value. To give you an example, in biblical times, one ounce of gold would buy somebody 400 loaves of bread. Today, at $4 and a bit per loaf, one ounce of gold buys 400 loaves of bread. So the idea, by holding our wealth in gold, as things become more expensive, gold moves proportionally to keep pace. I expect people will eventually sell gold, move back into a tradable currency, but they'll do so at a higher level and preserve their buying power. They'll make sure that they can buy the same amount of loaves of bread in 5, 10, 20 years' time with the money as they can today. By staying in dollars, that cannot happen, and that's where gold comes in. So you see this conflict in, in Israel having a direct impact on you know even someone like me who lives in texas oh absolutely because war is ultimately inflationary what's happening in israel what's happening in ukraine right let's not forget russia ukraine they produce 25 percent of the world's fertilizer a huge amount of natural resources when these countries are locked down prices start to increase geopolitical instability in general will lead to that. How's this Israel thing going to progress? Are we going to sanction Iran? That'll drive oil prices up. So there's a lot of stuff out there. But like I said, in general, geopolitical uncertainty and war, they're good for safe haven assets like gold, as hard as that is to say when, when people are suffering. Well, we're telling everybody that watches the End Time Show to go to birchgold.com slash end time to claim their free info kit on gold so they can learn more how they can uh, begin their journey, perhaps, or expand what they've already have. Uh, what last words would you leave with our viewers? Look, I, I think the important thing, birchgold.com forward slash end time, and the reason I say it's important, that's going to provide information. And information is the most important place to start because it allows you to make good decisions. So I'd encourage all of your viewers, go get the information, immerse yourself. Solutions will start to present themselves. Philip, thank you so much for joining us, taking time out of your busy schedule. Appreciate your insight so much. Thank you both. Thank All right, God bless that. you, Philip. Go to birchgold.com slash end time to claim your free info kit today. Make sure you do that, by the way. Doug, um, how scared are you on a scale of 1 to 10 about everything that's coming? 
Um, well, Vince, I'm not really scared about any of it. I'm, I kind of go the opposite way. I get more excited as things begin to progress, and it looks like you know we're looking at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I kind of get excited because this is what we've been doing for so long. This is what we've been telling people about for so long that, uh, to me, it's exciting. Uh, I know that may sound weird to some people, and some people may be going, I'm scared to death. But, yeah. you know, Scripture tells us not to be afraid because God is in control ultimately. Amen. And, and as things continue to ramp up, uh, yes, some things are concerning, uh, I get more concerned when I see people who, you know, do things like what happened yesterday in Maryland, and you see the, these things are, what, where was it, Maine, wasn't it? Uh, where you see what happened with the shooter that goes in and begins to hurt people. When, whenever you see things like that, you know that people are, that have some mental issues, are dealing with a lot of stress and things like that. But if, if our faith and our hope is in Jesus Christ and not in the world and the crazy things happening around us, we don't have to be afraid of things. Um, those things are just concerning to me because I wish that we could reach everybody and help everybody understand there's, you don't have to have anxiety, you don't have to be afraid, yeah. you know. You know, Doug, what I'm doing is like, everything that I can control, I am doing my best mm -hmm. to go be a good steward with what God's put in my care. Right. Uh, whether it be taking care of my yard, which is almost a full-time job, taking care of my finances, taking care of my vehicle, whatever it is that, that God's put in my care, I'm doing my best to learn what I can right. and handle it appropriately. And so I recommend everyone do that, but know that, that you are not enough and that That's you right. need to rely on God. So do everything you can with the information that you have mm -hmm. and rely on God. And you know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Mm -mm. It doesn't matter how bad things are going to get or have gotten. He always provides. He always helps people get through whatever they're going through. And so I submit to him yeah. and say, Lord, come what may. I'm your child. I trust you. That's right. And so, you know, Israel, they just went in on the ground. Now, they didn't, now there's, there's more to that. So yeah. don't think that they've totally gone into Gaza. They, they right. haven't. But they did play around with a little bit and start their invasion. So mm -hmm. we're going to tell you all, all about that momentarily before we do. I want to remind you that we need your help in sharing this video, commenting, letting us know what you think, and then also giving us the red heart instead of just the blue thumbs up. When you do that, it helps us break through the algorithm and get to your friends and family. Everybody needs to know about the things that we're talking about now more than ever mm -hmm. as this Israel, uh, this Israel war continues to escalate. Um, you know, we've talked about the potentials of World War III. So your friends and family need to know about what the Bible says is coming. That way they can have peace and hope and they don't have to be scared out of their mind about what's coming. They can prepare for the worst, plan for the best, Doug, mm -hmm. and do everything in their power. So what's happening with Israel, uh, I guess, beginning their invasion of Gaza on the ground? Yeah, so story came out today that they uh, went in to the Gaza area with First with some bulldozers, knocked some, some holes in the walls and things like that. And then they took some tanks in there along with some troops. And so uh, it's, it's interesting that they're doing this. The uh, Israeli Defense Force, we, we've heard like, remember when we still had a tour group over there in Israel, we had a report where a, one of the gentlemen on Newsmax was talking about this door kicking campaign that was gonna start when they would have to start sweeping through the city. Uh, then we heard that there might even be some um, members of special forces from the United States helping assist Israel. 
Uh, well, now we, we've even had some confirmation of that from someone who's actually over in Israel. But anyway, this is part of the deal. This is what we knew was going to happen. Uh, there's even been some reports that Israel says that they're, they're getting ready to maybe even, uh, you know, go down in some of the tunnels and things like that and begin a, uh, you know, incursion there within the tunnels. But they've definitely began to roll the tanks in there, Vince. So this happens, you know what, they, they've been hitting everything with the airstrikes for like two weeks now. And so we're like on the 20th day of this war already. And they, they bombed Gaza to bits, uh, forcing people to evacuate into Egypt. They finally got that done. Well, now they've kind of been putting off this ground incursion until now. Well, and, Doug, so, and, and putting it off because, I mean, from what I understood, yeah. there's a couple of layers to that. Right. Iran is saying if you do it, we're jumping in, which yes. to me, I'm going, they're already in. They're, from everything we know, they're funding a lot of it, wow, providing it sounds like, you yeah. know, Hamas with all sorts of uh, things to help them do what they've done. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard talks of Russia condemning it. They didn't say they're coming in, but they right. have condemned it. China's moved warships to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. uh, what else, Doug? There, there seems like I could go all day just listing well, what has been said if Israel goes in on the ground. Yeah, and remember also the other day we had uh, Yemen launched missiles into Israel and it, they were intercepted by U.S. warships. Now our U.S. I heard uh, that was bases, backed by Iran. Is that confirmed? That's absolutely correct. Okay. And that was from the, the Houthi uh, tribe that did that. And then they, they are saying now that they have uh, troops ready to march into Israel. Uh, and then you've got, we've had several of our bases being hit by uh, drones and being attacked and blown up. And we've had some U.S. service members uh, injured there by those things. So it's already beginning to escalate more and more events. And then, uh, you know, I, we have a video where they're kind of explaining some of the things that are going on there that we got from Fox News. And they, they call this the biggest or largest ground incursion that's happened since October 7th. And so. And Doug, we, that, that ground incursion that's happening, um, we're, we're asking the question is it going to impact me and you? Yeah. Well, we know, I mean, Philip was just talking about how it's impacting us in regards to inflation, in regards yeah. to government debt. Um, we don't know how all it's going to, of course, we've talked about Bible prophecy. A third of mankind is going to mm -hmm. die from a world war that's coming, yes. the Sixth Trumpet War. Um, so it will have impacts on us here in America. Mm -hmm. Now, I know as Americans, we want to believe that the grocery store is always going to be there. Right. Philip was talking about it, you know, the supply chain could quickly collapse. There's all sorts of things that could happen to you and I on an individual level. Uh, like we've said, pray for the best and prepare for the worst. Do what you can with the information that you have. There is a way to have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food. Go to readypantry.com slash endtime. They offer amazing 25-year shelf-stable food, and it includes meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's not to mention it's the peace of mind that you're going to get knowing you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything that comes, whether it's power outages like we, we experienced here in uh, the state of Texas, hurricanes, grid collapse, war, the list goes on and on. Ready Pantry is an American-based company with all products sourced right here in America, and they're offering discounts of up to 20% off for three to 12 months supply. So go to readypantry.com slash endtime and use code endtime and save an additional 10% off your order. Plus you're gonna get free shipping on anything that you do order. Now, Doug, you mentioned a video. Let's go check that out now.
Okay, now to another Fox News alert. Right now, a large dark cloud of smoke rising over Gaza. So overnight, Israeli troops launching what's being called as the largest ground incursion into Gaza since the war began. Bro. Trey Yanks is live on the ground in southern Israel. Trey. Yeah, hey guys, good morning. A very active southern front overnight and today. I do want to show you the scene behind me. You can see that dark cloud of smoke rising from the Gaza skyline. The Israelis have been hammering the northern part of the Gaza Strip. We watched last night as large explosions were all along the strip. They were trying to hit a number of tunnels that are beneath Gaza. But this specific cloud, we're still trying to identify what's on fire here in the northern part of Gaza. This comes as overnight, the Israelis conducted their largest ground raid into the strip since the October 7th massacre. You can see in this video here, the Israelis using D9 bulldozers, tanks and infantry troops from the Givati Brigade to enter Gaza. Now, the Israeli military says they destroyed a number of anti-tank guided missile cells they also destroyed a number of Hamas and Islamic Jihad positions along the border, all in preparation for that expected ground operation. We've also got some new satellite images here from Maxar Technologies that show the northern part of the Gaza Strip. You can see the before and the after, the amount of destruction to Gaza's infrastructure as the Israelis look to prepare for that eventual ground operation. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu overnight talking about those preparations. Take a listen. I want to be clear. The timing of the ground invasion will unanimously be decided by the War Cabinet along with the Chief of Staff and the Cabinet. And we will act in order to ensure best terms for our soldiers for the coming operations. When we will get into Gaza down the road, we will collect the highest price from those murderers who committed the horrible atrocities, Hamas, ISIS. We've also got some new information for you. The International Legal Forum has told Fox News they've filed a formal complaint with the International Criminal Court about the October 7th massacre. They say they are calling for the organization to investigate war crimes and genocide. Guys, back to you. Hey, Trey, real quick. Is this the first time since October 7th that Israel has sent tanks into Gaza? Because I know the IDF was asked that question and uh, did not respond. It's the first time they've sent this many tanks across the border. What we saw last night was a preview of what is to come, a large column entering the Gaza Strip, engaging targets along the way, and not just destroying those cells along the border, but also trying to gather more information about the possible location of the hostages. We understand today from the Israeli military, the number has risen to 224 people being held inside Gaza. That number does exclude the four hostages that have already been released, and it does come as the Northern Front remains active, as well as operations in the West Bank. So, Vince, you heard him say that the northern front remains active also. So we've got, you know, Hezbollah fighters that are up to the north in Lebanon. Israel's made the comment that if Hezbollah gets directly involved, uh, that they will, uh, Lebanon will pay a price. So they're trying to get the, the people of Lebanon to, to try to get control of Hezbollah there. But Hezbollah is another uh, terrorist organization that's backed by Iran. And, uh, you know, Yesterday, Turkey's leader said that um, that the um, the Palestinian Hamas is not a terrorist organization, but they're a liberation army, and that they're just trying to liberate their people from Jewish occupation. So you've you've got Turkey now voicing their opinions about you know whose side they're on, uh, Lebanon, Hezbollah, uh, Iran. 
So they're they're talking about this becoming a a multi-front war that it won't just be Israel fighting in Gaza, it's going to be Israel fighting along her borders everywhere. Uh, so that's when this could turn in and escalate into something uh, more than, than what it is right now. And the crazy thing about it is we're watching all these different things that are beginning to happen around the world and people voicing their opinions about things in our media. And we're watching uh, Israel on this situation right now where it almost appears like the whole world is against Israel right now besides uh, you know, the United States military, we've got people within our own country that are against Israel and what's going on. Uh, some people even claim that the Jewish people that live in Israel are not real Jews, that they're the synagogue of Satan. So you've got all this stuff that's beginning to come out. And um, it, it really does appear like our guest Philip said earlier, um, yeah, Philip said earlier when he was on the interview a while ago, he said this seems like it's a bigger war than what you know we know of a biblical proportion war and i think that that's what we may be looking at we've been talking about that uh six trumpet war for a very long time and you alluded to it too in that interview and we're sitting here thinking about uh you know could this turn into it what sure does seem like it with russia turkey iran uh, iraq syria and china i mean it's like everybody is getting their hands in it so it's something we need to, to really just keep an eye on and we need to be praying about it here, but we know it's coming. Doug, what's the risk of, I guess, um, fatigue? I, I, I don't wanna, you know, Israel-Hamas war fatigue. Like, we've been talking about it almost every day since it started. Yeah. Everywhere, on social media, news. It, like I mentioned before, I don't think I've heard one thing about Russia-Ukraine. Yeah, since all this started, but that war's still happening. <laughs> yeah, still so going on. what what happens when people start getting fatigue about hearing this? Is that should we stop talking about it, or should we keep highlighting it? Well, I don't think that we can stop talking about it because of the fact of where it's at and what's happening and who's involved. I mean, this is uh, this is the news every day right now. But there are other things going on, and we can talk about these other things. As a matter of fact, we we probably will talk about more. Uh, tomorrow when we do the program tomorrow, but there are things happening within the Catholic Church. There's things happening, uh, you know, w with people within our media calling to pull us out of the UN. Um, there are so many different things doing. You know, Kofi Annan's comment that he made the other day about, you know, he basically said the Israeli people had this coming. You know, that the Palestinians have been, um, you know, enslaved by Israel and that they really kind of had this coming. And so you, you've got some outcries about that, but then you've got the other side saying, yeah, this guy's right on. And so, I mean, it's, it's in the news. You can't escape from it. And I think that we've got to talk about it because it's also a, a biblical thing. Anytime we see armies surrounding Israel, that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, the news stations, they're going to be highlighting it because it's the hot story and they can make clickbait out of it. Right. To me, I know our angle on it. It's not because it's clickbait. We don't highlight every top story in the world, but this is something we've been talking about literally since before I was born, Doug. Right. And we've been saying this might happen in this way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we've been talking about is unfolding right before our very eyes. And that's what's so excited to us about living in these times is the Bible prophesied this thousands of years ago and things are unfolding and it looks a lot like that. We'll talk more about it on the other side of the break, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
a voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 end time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. If you're in the Mattoon, Illinois area, Dave and Jana Robbins will be with you this weekend. So you want to make plans to join us there in Mattoon, Illinois. Dave will be teaching an overview of our brand new 14 episode series, Understanding the End Time. He teaches that. Um, it's the Saturday night, right, Doug? October 28th, yes. yes. At 6 p.m., Dave will be teaching on Understanding the End Time. Sunday morning at 9.45, Breaking Prophecy News. And then he's not even going to teach prophecy Sunday night. He's just preaching whatever the Lord lays on his heart at 5 p.m. So, Mattoon, Illinois area, make plans to join Dave and Jana Robbins there Saturday and Sunday. You can go to endtime.com slash events to learn more about the venue and certain details regarding the event. You don't have to RSVP, but it is first come, first serve. If you need help over the phone, we're happy to do that as well. 800 end times the number to join us. It's right. amazing when you have those evangelical services because like when we did the one up in uh, Pennsylvania, Yes. We, we had two baptisms happen that we weren't even planning on. God just started working within uh, that message and within that service, and man, people came up. It was awesome. We had people moved and baptized. So you never know what's going to happen there. So y'all show up for that. Cause that's and we did one just last Wednesday. They've, they've preached yes, in Garland, did. Texas, right here in the North Dallas mm -hmm. area. And yeah. we had a great time there as well. So yes, we uh, you never know what will happen in those services. No, you sure don't. All right, Doug, so this Israel-Hamas war is definitely impacting the world. It's mm -hmm. impacting people like you and I yeah. in many different ways. There's other things happening in the news. We talk about, for, for a long time, is it going to be war next in the prophecies? Is it going to be peace? Right. Sometimes we've, we, we've always leaned towards war then peace because the other way doesn't really make sense. But then when the peace talks get so close, it's like, well... We don't really know what order it's going to be. The Bible doesn't specify. Right. Um, but in spite of all this war, there's still peace talks happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, you, you could see where this conflict could lead to peace. And there's people around the world that have nothing to do with Bible prophecy that are talking about it. Yeah. 
and I think we want to highlight some of that, right? Well, sure. I mean, this is, you know, we've said for a long time that these two are running parallel with each other, that, um, you know, the Six Trumpet War, the peace treaty in Israel, those two just run parallel, and we didn't know which one would happen first and what would cause the war to happen. But if this turns out to be that war, yeah, they're very much talking about peace after this happens. Uh, Saudi Arabia, yesterday there was a big article that came out that Saudi Arabia said that they will be ready to return to the negotiating tables and um, make peace with Israel after this war is over. And now they have, uh, they've come out in, in support of the Palestinian people, not necessarily Hamas. So Saudi Arabia has talked about the Palestinian people and, you know, I mean, we, we know that those Palestinian people uh, are not guilty of the crimes that Hamas is guilty of. We saw what Hamas did. We've seen the video. We've heard the testimonies, all those things. But the Palestinian people in general, they're not Hamas. And Israel's made that clear. They're trying to get them out of there. Well, these are some of the things that are being talked about right now is there still needs to be a peace agreement between these two peoples. And it's funny, Vince, because we would always get the question, how do you know that Daniel 9.27 is talking when it says that covenant? How do you know that covenant is between Israel and the Palestinians? Well, this is proof of how we know that. Those two have fought over this piece of real estate for a very, very long time. And so it has to be between those two parties because they're going to share this land. And we believe because of Matthew 24, uh, 15 through 21, that there will be a two-state solution that the Palestinians will get the West Bank territory, what is known as Judea, and uh, that the uh, Jews that are living in that area, they'll be able to remain there under a Palestinian authority and, and rule, but they'll still be Jewish citizens. And so we know that from scripture that it says that when you see the abomination of desolation, let those who be in Judea flee into the mountains, for then there shall be great tribulation. And so that's what we've always taught, that we believe there would be a two-state solution. Well, now there's two very big political figures that are both talking about this. And of course, we've heard our president talk about it more than once, you know, but he's, uh, now he's talking about it again. And this headline we got from the Times of Israel says that this, uh, there's no going back to pre-war status quo in Israel. So he's saying things are going to have to change after this war. Remember, Netanyahu, when this started, he said that the Middle East is going to look very different after this war is over. And so I think that even Netanyahu understands that there's got to be some concessions. There's got to be some things done differently. What are you thinking? I can tell those wheels are turning. Well, it's, I'm thinking things I'm not sure I want to publicly say on okay. here yet. But I, I will ask you this. Right. Are, are they calling it a Middle East Great Reset yet? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but I'm sure that that's what they've talked about in private. I'm sure they've talked about a great reset there since that seems to be their go-to word. Well, if this war, well, regardless of whether it's World War III or not, Doug, right. the results of everything that has occurred has certainly motivated a lot of people to get involved mm -hmm. and to help implement a great reset, if you will, right. between Israel and Palestine. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's... I mean, I can see it playing into the hands of uh, the global community, the UN and uh, the EU. Like there's a certain leader in Europe that could help guide them to peace. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's what it appears could be going on right now. And some of the verbiage that's used by our president uh, is interesting because of some of the things he says. And mm. so 
I, I highlighted a little bit of that just to kind of give you an idea of what he's talking about when he says that there's no going back to the status quo. Now, remember status quo, when we talk about that, a lot of times we're talking about the Temple Mount, right? Status quo is that the Muslims are the only ones that can worship uh, on the mountain and nobody else can even go up there and pray. We talk about status quo a lot like that. Well, they're talking about status quo changing. Now, is that secretly saying that there's going to have to be a status quo change even with the Temple Mount? I don't know. It's interesting, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, but he says that um, it also means that when this crisis is over, remember, crisis is a word they use a lot too. You know, don't let a good crisis go to waste. We've heard, heard so that. Much. And we've so seen much. it in action, Doug. Yes, we have. And so they're using this to their advantage for this. And so this is why it's exciting to us, I guess, or it's particularly to me, I guess, is because you can see that out of this, we could see the peace agreement come. Uh, now, that's not going to make a lot of people happy. A lot of people are going to be very unhappy about that, but that's why this could be that war we've been talking about. But he says there has to be a vision of what comes next. And in our view, it has to be a two-state solution. Hmm. So he's saying we've got to do this, and it's, it's got to happen. Remind us again who's talking here? That is Joe Biden, the President of the United States of America. Okay. Now look at what he says next. It means a concentrated effort from all parties, Israelis, Palestinians, and regional partners, and global leaders, to put us on a path toward peace, he added. So he's saying that it's not just going to be between Israel and the Palestinians. It's going to be regional partners. Remember, uh, what was it, two months ago when we saw that the uh, Arab League were meeting with the UN and they were calling themselves um, partners, basically, is what they were calling themselves, but stakeholders mm -hmm. is what they called this. And they all have a stake in Israel. That's what he's talking about when he starts talking about uh, regional partners. And then he says, and global leaders. That's important too, Vince, because we know that that t uh, sharing arrangement on the Temple Mount is going to bring a, a global authority there that will now be over that Temple Mount. It won't be in the hands of the Muslim Waf anymore. It won't be in the hands of Israel. It will be a, uh, a global entity like the UN or the EU or someone like that. And, and that, you know, is even in the peace accords when we looked at uh, when it was called peace for prosperity that Trump initiated, he even said that all nations should be able to worship on that mountain. And this sounds like some of the things that they're moving us toward. But like you said, it's interesting to call it that great reset because how many times do you think maybe all these global leaders got together uh, in Switzerland and, uh, you know, had a little uh, soiree there with Klaus Schwab. Schwab, and, eh? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and had this party, you know, up there in the mountains and uh, with Klaus Schwab and decided, hey, we've got to do something about this Middle East situation. So, anyway, very interesting. Doug, does global leaders, you think that includes the Pope? I would imagine it has to definitely include the Pope because he's also made, you know, his comments about it and he is pushing the global agenda himself, so. Um, one thing I was surprised about when I was able to go to Israel back in 2009 was how many Catholic churches or I guess Catholic properties, not all of them are churches, right. um, how many Catholic properties there are in Jerusalem. I was just 
in all of Israel, really. I was stunned by that. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like if there's going to be some type of two-state solution or an agreement between uh, Jews and the Arabs, mm -hmm. uh, that the Catholic Church would have some influence in that. Well, you, you know, they most definitely will because, I mean, that's one of the things that the Pope has made um, reference to is all of the holy sites within Jerusalem. He considers those because they consider the Catholic Church to be the mother church of all churches, and they believe that Peter was their first pope. And so all those religious uh, elements that are there that are Jewish elements, those are also Christian elements. And the Catholic Church very much wants to be part of this and, and have those protected. So I would imagine that the Pope is right there, uh, you know, pushing for this peace agreement as well. So the Pope's going to be involved. Mm -hmm. We've got Joe Biden involved. Mm -hmm. He's saying that regional partners and global leaders are going to be involved. Um, yeah. If peace comes out of this, does that make Joe Biden the Antichrist? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I somehow knew you were probably going to ask that question. Um, I, th I thought that you might be surprised by it. <laughs> I'm taking back a little. No, I'm not. Uh, no, he he will not be because, for one thing, we, we know and we've talked about this many times, you know, and uh, explaining to people that this would have to be a person that would come out of uh, the Holy Roman Empire that's been revived, which is the EU. And we know that because... There's a lot of ways we know that. One of the ways we know that is in Daniel 9.26, it says that the people of the prince that shall come, that they will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And we know that was Rome that did that, right? Well, then it says that the he that makes the covenant, it refers back to that prince of those people that came and destroyed that, that city and the tabernacle. And so when we see that in Scripture, we can understand it pretty easy there. But there's more proof because in Daniel 7, it talks about the ten horns and that the little horn will rise up out of this ten horn. When you look at the uh, fourth empire there uh, in Daniel chapter 2 where Nebuchadnezzar had his dream, one of the things a lot of people miss is that the legs of iron which represent Rome turn into the feet of iron mingled with clay and that is the Holy Roman Empire. So the, the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire. And then the ten toes of that statue, Vince, they represent the same thing as the ten horns from Daniel chapter 7. So that Antichrist will rise up out of this reborn Holy Roman Empire. And we know that the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire happened with the Lisbon Treaty signed back in um, November of 2009. And so... Uh, that is where we see the Antichrist rising up out of is this European Union. Now, the European Union has a lot more than 10 countries there, but it can be restructured. They've been talking about that. Or some other issues can happen there where these 10 kings rise up out of the EU. So Biden's not the Antichrist. No. He is Catholic, though. He, he is. But the Pope's not the Antichrist either. No. All right, well, there's a whole lot more to talk about there that Absolutely. I don't think we'll get into. <laughs> uh, we will be discussing this in more detail when we get back and telling you an update about Emmanuel Macron and how he might be engaged in what's going on, so don't go anywhere. They don't understand what is taking place. Except a man is born again. He can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back to The End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Don't forget, Dave and Jana Robbins will be in Mattoon, Illinois this weekend. You can go to endtime.com slash events to learn more and or give us a call at 800-END-TIME. I'll be happy to help you there. Now, Doug, before the break, we talked about how Joe Biden is highlighting that there needs to be a two-state solution mm -hmm. in Israel. The, the status quo, we're never going to go <laughs> back to that. Right. Who else might be talking about that? I kind of gave a little hint. Yeah, beforehand. it's interesting. This name will make people's eyebrows r rise up a little bit, I think, because there's a lot of people who think he might have something to do with a lot of the end-time prophecies. So, Emmanuel Macron is the other um, president that is pushing this. The president of France is pushing for a two-state solution as well. Now, if you remember, Vince, Emmanuel Macron went over and talked to the Palestinian Authority with the boss and uh, and tried to get them to come back to the negotiating table. And he's kind of been working behind the scenes here for a while. He's even traveled to uh, Saudi Arabia, met with the prince there and, and talked to them about um, their peace agreement with Israel too. So he's kind of had his hand in the middle of this. And remember, the scripture is interesting because the scripture says he confirms a covenant with many. He, Macron, or? The Antichrist. Okay, not so, Macron necessarily. Well, no, not Macron necessarily, but I know that question's coming up next. Maybe so we might Macron. Might as well just cover it. You know, Doug, I'm not going to ask that question because okay. we already asked that question. Yeah. And that's free to watch on End Time Plus. Well, so you if go. you go to watch.endtime.com, mm -hmm. they can search Emmanuel Macron. I also posted in the Facebook chat. Yeah. Is Emmanuel Macron the Antichrist? You know what? I want to see what y'all think. Is he the Antichrist? If you think so, or if you think he could be, type Macron and just put that in your comments. Let's see who all thinks that Macron might be the Antichrist. So, Doug, I won't ask the question. Okay. Not this time. All right. Well. <laughs> People hate he, me when I ask that, so. 
Do they? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, okay. You know, well, you know how it goes. I know we get a lot of hate mail, but that's okay. Uh, like feathers on a duck's the back. The disciples got a lot of hate mail, Doug. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but anyway, the so the French president, Emmanuel Macron, he's also kind of pushed this. And this comes from the Jerusalem Post. This is another article talking about Biden and Macron both making these statements about this two-state solution. But he went to Cairo, Egypt, uh, and had a joint conference there with Sisi and uh, in France um, what he said about France he said that they have been in very boisterous about their support for the Palestinian statehood all along and uh, he said that his country is not going to abandon the idea he's going to continue to push with that but one of the things that he said that was interesting and this is a quote from Macron okay and I know when I say this people are going to be like what <laughs> you ready this is what he said we must act decisively today to finally achieve a two-state solution with Israel and Palestine living side by side in peace and security. My, my, my. Yeah, how about that? So I we know might need to do an update of is, it, is Emmanuel <laughs> Macron the Antichrist? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Dave made a comment yesterday and said he didn't think Macron could be because he's not stout. Like he said, a, a guy like Putin is more stout than uh, Macron, but... You know, I think if we really investigated that word and, and to find out exactly what that means, he might still qualify. I'm just saying. Well, uh, stout means different things to different people, Doug. Yes, it does. Somebody yeah. like me, he might not be stout, but somebody right. like my wife, he's probably stout. <laughs> he may be. He <laughs> might be. Uh, but yes, you're right. Sometimes it's when it says stout, it means that a person that possesses a lot of uh, like authority when they're in a room and he definitely does that mm. if you've ever seen him do interviews and things like that uh, there was even one time when they were going to not allow him on the Temple Mount and he demanded that they let him in the Temple Mount area and they did so <laughs> he's an interesting uh, person but anyway well, he, did he say anything peculiar when he was on the Temple Mount I didn't Remember you know, him like saying, you should let me on because I'm <laughs> No, he never said anything like that. that. And I don't remember him saying anything that would have made me be like, uh oh, that's it. But anyway, it's interesting when anybody says peace and safety, because we know scripture tells us um, that that's one of the things that they'll say uh, about Israel. First Thessalonians 5 For mm -hmm. when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Now, are yeah. you suggesting, Doug, that because he said that, that's what the scripture could have been talking about? Or, because that's no, what it sounds like. What Just I think that scripture clarify. is definitely talking about, I think that scripture is talking about when Jesus gets ready to come back, that it'll be the other people that are believing that there's peace and safety because they have control of the situation, that it'll be the world community thinking mm -hmm it's peace and safety. But it's always interesting when a public figure like himself says something like that because people always go to that verse and go, oh my goodness, he could be the guy. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he, that he can't be because he definitely comes from the right region and says some very interesting things. Uh, one of the things that he said, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, when he first was elected in office, he <coughs> said that he uh, would rule France like the god Jupiter. And that's interesting. Uh, because um, him just saying that, that's one of the things that happened in, in an abomination desolation, not the one that Jesus speaks of, uh, but <laughs> the one before that, 
that happened back in the first temple era. That was one of the things that was placed there in the temple and also a pig was sacrificed on that mountaintop. So that was two things that happened at that time. And it's interesting that he said he would rule uh, like the god Jupiter because the god Jupiter was the statue that they put up there on the Temple Mount during that time, which is very strange. And then other things that he's, uh, you know, he's kind of made comments about how intelligent he is and things like that. So anyway, he's an interesting fellow to keep an eye on. But the two-state solution is really what... Uh, you know, the focus of that really is because we've got two different leaders who's been working on peace agreements with different sides of the parties. Uh, Biden's been more along with um, Israel and talking more about that uh, because of Trump's plan and the pieces that were already put into place. And it's also interesting that this has not destroyed that peace agreement. It hasn't done anything to the Abraham Accord uh, the countries that have made uh, normalization with Israel, they still support Israel. They may not support the way that they're going into Gaza and the things they're doing there particularly, but they haven't said uh, we're turning away from this peace agreement with Israel. So those are still remaining. The pieces are still in place. And then for these two leaders to stand up, this is going to be something that is going to continue to be pressed on Israel. And I think on Netanyahu, because Netanyahu has said, there's no way we can have a two-state solution. He said, anytime you give the Palestinians room, Hamas is going to move in there. And if they make a two-state solution with them, then Hamas is going to be able to launch rockets from the West Bank. So that's been their concern. I think that that's one reason why we've also heard the IDF say we have to run Hamas in the ground. We got to totally destroy Hamas so they're no more. Uh, because then they could just deal with the Palestinian people. So, yeah. so, Doug, we don't know for sure who the Antichrist is at this point. No. And we're fine saying that. We say that very clearly. Absolutely. We don't know yet. We don't know if this Israel-Hamas conflict is World War III. Right. We don't know, and we're happy to say that, too. So there's a lot of prophecy that we look at. Sometimes we get criticized for uh, playing the guessing game or exploring some of this stuff. But it's right. like, you know, we're looking at scriptures, looking at what's going on in our world and going, we need to help people see what the Bible says and what we ought to do in response to these things. So right. we're going to play around with this and look at it and look at these characteristics and just compare them. And sometimes we have fun with it, <laughs> but ultimately we realize that time will tell and we aren't going to make any um, solid statements on it. You know, some people predict the world's going to end on this day at this time or whatever. We never do that. Right. And we never will do that. The only thing we're going to make proclamations like that on is when we know for certain and feel very confident that God's Word confirms it. And so yeah, that's where we're at on a lot of things right now, Doug. But a lot of them are coming together. So yeah, it is exciting times. Well, one of the interesting things that gets me even more excited is because we've, we've talked about this and we actually have a... Um, a video about um, the entrance ramp to um, the Antichrist. It's called World War III Entrance Ramp to the Antichrist. And so it's part at, of the new series. I understand the end time. Yeah, and so if we're we're looking at this scenario and we're watching these things happen and we're hearing them still talk about a peace agreement, even though they're in the heart of this war right now, you could see how easily that scenario could play out because if this war did escalate up into uh, World War III or the Sixth Trumpet War and one-third of mankind died, everybody 
in the world is going to be screaming at Israel and Palestine, make a peace agreement. We have to have a peace agreement because that region has been at war for eternity, it seems like. And we have to get to this point. And so you can see how that would happen. And now, like we said, we've got two major leaders from two countries, not just two countries, but two countries that are prophesied in the Bible that are going to be here in the end time. Because remember, France is uh, their symbol, their animal symbol is the rooster. And Germany, the leopard that has the four heads, also has four uh, rooster feathers or fowl feathers on its back. So it's got wings of a fowl. And remember recently Macron and Merkel, who was the Prime Minister of Germany, they re-solidified the pact of the Franco-German pact. And so now once again we've got two huge political leaders one from the United States, one from France, saying there has to be a peace agreement out of this. So we could see how that scenario could really play into it. And that's another reason why, you know, I mean, the brand new series we've got, the 1 through 14, Understand the End Time, is a good thing for people to get involved in in some of these Bible studies that we're doing all over the place. Um, or even check it out on End Time Plus and those avenues because these things are prophesied about and we talk about them in detail. Yeah, folks can go to endtime.com slash UET. That stands for Understanding the End Time, endtime.com slash UET. And there you'll be able to look at your options for that. You can stream it starting right now. You can stream all 14. In fact, we give you a free trial to End Time Plus to check that out. You can watch all 14 within that free trial, cancel your subscription. That'd be totally fine. We just want you to get the content or you can get physical products. So we sell a book and in that is uh, one of the chapters is about what Doug was just talking about, World War III and the entrance ramp to the Antichrist. So go to endtime.com slash UET, you can get the book, you can stream it, you can get DVDs if you wanna do that. We even have a 10 book bundle if you wanted to take a group through it. So uh, our hope is to get this information in the hands of everyone in the world so that everyone can you know, understand what's coming and make good decisions with true information, Doug. Right. Uh, so you know we're standing on God's word we're excited about what's happening. There's going to be some sorrow in there. We realize that. That's part of life. Yeah. And we are praying like never before, I would say, for what's happening. Any last words for everybody before we go? Well, just remember, folks, that the main thing uh, that we try to get across to everybody is the how important being born again is. Uh, during this time right now, I talked to somebody yesterday on the phone and I told her, you know, Pastor Baxter used to always say, we are racing the rapture. And right now we're doing that. We need to be bold and we need to proclaim the gospel to others. Amen. Well, we'll be right back here tomorrow with Open Line. So it's all about you. Give us a call then. And don't forget to go to watch.endtime.com and endtime.com to participate in thousands of, thousands of hours of content. I do want to remind you, warnthejews.com, all donations in October are going to be doubled up to $65,000. So be sure to check that out and help us support Jews in Israel right now during this trying time. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.